Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I'm talking about you and me saving for retirement. I've also got a story for you about someone trying to scam me. Ooh, it's ugly. I'm going to tell you something also that is not so pretty. Only one in four Americans are saving enough for retirement by their own telling. Not based on empirical research by some financial house trying to get people to put more money in it. No, people by their own telling say, hey, uh, I'm not okay saving for retirement. And the reason is not something you should be on a guilt trip about. The reason is we have a lot going on in our lives. And even people who really, really try to save money for all the various needs, you got today's bills. If you got kids, you got all the stuff you got to pay for with them. You may have aging parents you're helping out. Or you may be an older worker who's helping with your grandkids' costs. I mean, it could be any of a number of family circumstances. And so you got all these things that you're juggling and then trying to save for retirement. So retirement tends to fall by the wayside. And a lot of times, we have the best of intentions. We just don't get it kicked in gear. Well, I saw an item on Market Watch about what a difference it makes with open enrollment. With the 401k plan I provide for my employees, I have automatic enrollment for all of them at a minimum 6% of their pay. And then I match it dollar for dollar. So that when they start with me, they're saving effectively 12 cents of every dollar they make from virtually their first paycheck. And I do this because I want people to have financial independence in their lives. I don't want them to fear getting old and being broke. And the thing is, with this automatic enrollment, anybody can then turn around and back out. But do you know when employers do automatic enrollment, almost 100% of people stay in the plan? It actually works that once we've gotten used to, according to Vanguard, 9 out of 10 People stay the course at least the first three years just by automatically enrolling them. But if you leave it to people to enroll, a very relatively small percent of people enroll on their own. So I realize this is 
paternalistic that I do this. That I'm being Daddy Clark doing this. No, it's so generous. It's very generous. But but uh, you know, saying you know, I really think it's for your own good. So I'm automatically enrolling you in our 401k. But we let everyone know, and they could choose to opt out, which they don't do, right? Because well, they, they know also I'll kill work them. here. Yeah. <laughs> not. I mean, literally. I'll be in prison for murder. No, I would not. <laughs> no, kill no, someone. no. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but this is very important to me, and you know, I've always been a bit authoritarian about saving for retirement this is why I always liked what Chile did where Chile went to mandatory 10% savings for retirement, whether you work for yourself, you work for a big company in Chile, a small one, whatever, that the idea is that people left to their own devices, all that other busy stuff in their lives and juggling all those things, they don't get around to saving and then they hit retirement and they either have to work way past what they intended as retirement or they're too infirm to work and they're just totally destitute. I don't want people to be that. Now, the other thing I'm a big fan of is automatic escalation, where this is really sinister and terrible. But you automatically increase people's percent of their pay that goes into the retirement plan over time typically once a year. And I'm really into that. And according to MarketWatch, it actually works. When employers do that and escalate the contributions, people end up steadily saving a larger percent of their pay. So the big thing that's the hard thing is roughly half of us have no access to a retirement plan at work. And lacking that, your options become much more limited. The amount of money you can put aside is reduced, and you're having to figure out how to do your own Roth IRA and blah, 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 blah. And I've been asked, not in the friendliest way, by people in the financial industry, why am I so into these target retirement funds? Don't I realize that target retirement funds are not the best choice, that there are so many better things than them. And I respectfully disagree completely because, according to a story in Bloomberg, when you ask people what they're invested in, they have no idea. They have no idea what their money's in. They're, they're handed this list of, of funds they can invest in at work. And they're like, it's all hieroglyphics to them. Because people didn't go to school learning investing. For a lot of people, it's intimidating, boring, confusing, whatever. So I do feel that when you are clueless about what all these choices are, the best choice of all is to go in the target retirement fund for the year closest to when you're going to retire, or you expect to. And most, uh, not 100%, but most every 401k plan will have a target retirement fund choice. And it's much better than you being like, I don't know. I, 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 what do I do? The, that guy said he's doing so-and-so. I mean, that fund's been great for him. The target retirement fund 
diversifies your money, and automatically changes the mix of investments as you age. Krista? Jose in Pennsylvania says, I was wondering if contributing to my kids' 529 plans would be a tax deduction. Also, if it is, what plans do you recommend contributing to? So Pennsylvania, like many other states, offers a very good deduction, tax deduction on state income tax when you contribute to a 529 plan, one of the most generous I've seen in the country. And so there is a state tax benefit, which then is compounded by the fact that the money you put in a 529 plan grows tax-free and spent for eligible college expenses is spent tax-free. So that's about as good as you could get. And I am working on revisions to my 529 plan guide because plans do modify over time. So I, I have my existing plan that is mostly still accurate as it reads, but I will have revisions for you in probably about six weeks with the latest, greatest on the best 529 plans to be in in the United States. Lisi in California says, we need to decide whether to buy a car. My Prius had the battery light on, indicator on, but the mechanic has had it for over four weeks now and it's already cost $4,000. Should we purchase a new car and what car is good? It's a 2012 and we don't owe any money on it. Okay, first of all, I'm very distressed about your post. The mechanics had your vehicle for a month. It's cost you $4,000 already. So... Your Prius is worth about $8,000 right now, I guess. Um, And you've already spent $4,000 repairing it. Odds are uh, you may maybe need a different mechanic, but you get that thing working right. You want to drive it for a while to make up some of that cost to repair. But a 2012 Prius is still generally a baby. I mean, that's... That vehicle has a lot of useful life left in it, and you've already sunk so much money in it. If you can get it up and running and get it reliable again, I would keep driving it. And I need to address on a podcast really soon that the vehicle market is so messed up right now with inventory issues new and used that unless you really, really, really must buy a new-to-you vehicle right now, I'll explain to you why you actually want to wait a while. Joe in Georgia says, why do banks hold deposits two to three days before adding them to accounts, especially direct deposits every month? Direct deposits should never have a hold on them. When you have a direct deposit, typically from payroll, you should have immediate availability of funds. Sounds like you're with a bank that is very customer unfriendly and the bank has to publish what their hold rules are on deposits. There are also federal regulations they must follow on uh, how long they can hold a deposit. There are exceptions to how long a bank can hold a deposit if you've had a problem at some point with uh, a bounce check or something like that, and then the bank's able to do punitive holds on you But I'm particularly concerned that a bank is holding direct deposit deposits for multiple banking days before you can access the money. That, to me, sounds like they're in violation of the rules. 
What should you do about it? Go to consumerfinance.gov and file a complaint against your bank. They are required by law to answer your complaint and investigate it once you've filed a complaint with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, again at consumerfinance.gov. By the way, I recently found out someone was trying to scam me. I'm going to tell you about it coming up next. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've got a story to tell you that I I haven't unlocked the whole puzzle yet, but this is really something. So early in the pandemic, uh, a lot of our family went into our own self-imposed lockdown. And my oldest daughter, who is on her own, married, has a kid, um, wanted to make sure she continued exercising. Well, you may know that in the first few months of the pandemic, buying home gym exercise equipment was like impossible. And she wanted a stationary bike. So I found her one that we had had on Clark Deals. And it was one that was a special that was on Amazon. And I bought it right away. And my daughter said it was a good bike, not a great one, but it got her in the habit of exercising and all that on that bike. And it's been a year in just a couple of days from when I got her, her pandemic stationary bike. That's what I call it. (laughs) And so I get a notice that I'm being charged $400 for renewal of some kind of software for this bike I paid $500 for. Now, remember, I bought it on Amazon. I didn't even know who the company was. I never did any agreement with them or anything. So I then called customer no service, and I actually got service. I got somebody who was reasonably friendly, explained that I signed up for it when I bought the bike, which I did not. And so we went through a process. She put me on hold. She came back, gave me a cancellation code and said that they have terminated the, she read, it was like she read something to me. You are now officially terminated from the subscription you signed up for. I'm like, what? (laughs) So I haven't been able to find out and I've been looking around online Mm -hmm. And Krista, you're a big Amazonian user. (laughs) Did Amazon sell me down the river 
and give my credit card information to this exercise bike company that then was automatically charging that credit card that I used on Amazon to buy this exercise bike. How in the world would they have had my card when I never, I don't even know who they were. Yeah, that's so weird. Is that crazy? That is. So I, I don't know if Amazon somewhere buried in the terms of service when I bought that bike, I was agreeing to something they're mm-hmm. getting a commission from. Mm. But I want you to know that you may know because I couldn't find it online. I've been unable to suss this out. But if you bought a pandemic exercise bike, particularly if you bought one from Amazon like I did for my daughter, be on the lookout to see if you suddenly have some weirdo $400 charge. Uh. I said, what does the $400 get you? And, And she said, oh, it gets you these wonderful exercise routines or programs or uh-huh. something yeah i guess it's like what peloton does yeah it's probably like classes and stuff so i called my daughter and she said dad this bike was a screenless bike oh gosh it didn't have a screen huh. so how in the world was she supposed to use this but what what an important thing to always check your bills and always question something that doesn't make sense to you. Because otherwise, I could have been out $400. And it wouldn't have been just this year. Could have been next year, the year after, and on and on like that. All right. Well, Jim in Washington says, would Clark purchase a product called LifeVac for home and emergency use in choking situations? So if you're not familiar with LifeVac, um, It is a device that people have a mixed set of reviews on. But if somebody's choking on something, there are are people who say, hey, it saved my kid's life. And there are others who say it it doesn't give enough suction suction to actually work. They're fairly inexpensive, 50 or so dollars. And so if it's something that would give you some level of peace of mind, then I guess it's fine to have one in your kitchen. But it's not something that is something that people say is absolutely the greatest, although there have been some articles online that have made it sound like it's the greatest. I still have flashbacks that really upset me when one of my children was choking and um, I was able to dislodge the food item But I still, to this day, this was forever ago, and I still have the flashbacks to the moment. I know where I was. We were in a Mm. restaurant when our child was choking. It is really, really just a chilling, scary experience for any parent. Makes you realize I need to update my first aid and CPR training. Haven't done that in a while. We have to do that continually in the state guard. Okay, Lamont in North Carolina has been a listener since 2006, and he says, you've made me a millionaire by age 40. I found mold in my home, and the remediation team found a leak under the house. I filed an insurance claim, and they denied it, saying they don't cover leaks that appear to be older than 30 days. Their environmental specialist determined that the leak has been going on for over three months. 
A lawyer says I have a good case in court because when the leak was discovered, we got it fixed, but the leak caused about $15,000 in damage of, with mold, plus we have a newborn in the home. Should I pursue legal counsel against the insurance company or let it go? I do have a large social media presence and thought about that route, route as a means to force the insurance company to pay. This is full court press time. That is disgusting on the part of your insurer. If you are aware of something in your home and you sit on your hands and you fail to act on it, then a timeline, time limit like that can make sense because you have a duty as a homeowner when you're aware of a potential problem. Let's say following a storm and there's a hole in your roof. You have a responsibility as quickly as you possibly can to get a tarp on that roof uh, so that it doesn't cause more water damage from the hole in your roof. This is that same kind of thing. You acted immediately once you were aware of this by your telling, and the insurer is out of line. So what you do is this. You attack them administratively by contacting your state insurance department and uh, most state insurance departments take complaints from consumers about insurers failing to act in good faith. Second, you use that social media presence to your advantage to embarrass that insurer. And your state, Krista, has just found... Yep, North Carolina. ...has a link for you to file a complaint against your insurer and talks through how the complaint process works right on the insurance department website. The third thing is a lawsuit because of the amount of money involved is likely going to require you to hire a lawyer. It's not one that you would be able to handle on your own easily. So start with your social media presence, attacking that insurer straight on. Stick strictly to the facts. Don't say something about what a piece of garbage they are or anything like that. Um, And with the insurance department and your social media presence, you may bring the insurer to heel. Know, though, that when this is done, the insurer almost certainly is going to dump you, and that's a fact of how this kind of thing plays out. Mike in California says we have a domestic vacation planned in May, and when we went to book our rental car, we found the prices are more than our plane tickets. What's going on, and do you have any recommendations on how not to lose my wallet on this purchase? So, as a result of the pandemic, car rental companies saw massive declines in demand, and so they steadily have liquidated their vehicle fleets over the last year. Now that travel demand has suddenly picked back up for travel by air by surprisingly large numbers in recent weeks, Now, car rental companies are way short of vehicles. And so the prices of vehicle rentals have gone way, way, way up. I've been hearing people talk about rental cars being hundreds of dollars a day in a lot of locations. So what I'd like you to do is look at Turo. Turo is a peer-to-peer car rental service. There's another one I think it's called Get Around is the other their competitor. Krista, will you check if I'm right on the name? And with these um, peer-to-peer rental agencies, you're renting from an individual. You're correct. It's getaround.com. 
So with Turo and GetAround, you'll be able to put in a location and see what prices are available. Something else that works often is Enterprise Car Rental has a lot of what are known as neighborhood locations. And there will be times when you're going on a vacation that it's more hassle, but you'll save a lot of money potentially on the car rental if you take an Uber or Lyft to an in-town location of Enterprise where you have reserved a rental and rent there, return there, and then you Uber from the airport to the Enterprise, from the Enterprise back to the airport, Uber or Lyft, and it may save you a monstrous amount of money. If none of those work, keep checking the price on the car rental for your May vacation, and you may see closer to your travel date that the cost of that car rental does start to go down. And I want to thank you for being a part of Team Clark. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, review us, and share us with your friends.